Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here along with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast, where we're chatting with Louisa, a Fluent in Three Months Challenge participant about her experience learning Italian with us in the challenge. What is the Fluent in Three Months Challenge? It's a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation in your new language. Interested in joining us or learning more? You can do so at languagehacking.com slash challenge. In our chat with Louisa, we talk about language learning goals, learning about yourself while learning languages, starting over with language learning as an adult, using role play to learn languages, the struggles and rewards of using a speaking-based approach to learning languages, the importance of breaks, and how to get through moments of self-doubt. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, you can also leave us a review and let us know what you think at languagehacking.com slash review. And all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode will be available to you as a part of the show notes. So let's get into our conversation with Louisa. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 97. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm Shannon Kennedy, and with me, as always, is Benny Lewis. And today we are talking to Luisa, who studied Italian in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. But before we talk about the challenge, let's take a step back. And Luisa, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into language learning and what your process was prior to joining us in the challenge? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um... I think I got into language learning very, very young. Um, I was, I want to say maybe like seven or eight. Um, and I was always growing up, I was a really big fan of Japanese anime. And I would watch shows over in, um, in Canada where I live. We got like the English dub of a lot of stuff. But then I had realized one day on the internet, like the, the songs that we got and a lot of the, even like the voices, like whatever, they were completely different in Japanese. And so I started downloading a lot of the, like the opening songs and the ending songs. And then I found out like each character would have their own song as well. And I got just very interested in wanting to know what they were saying. And through that, I kind of went into like reading up different lyrics, writing down words that I like it would come up a lot in different songs and whatnot, and just really wanting to get into learning Japanese. So that was my first, first foray as a kid um, in language learning. And how did that then develop to what you ended up doing as an adult and getting into Italian and such? It's been a a pretty long journey. I think I kind of stuck with Japanese for a while. And then in in Canada, in Ontario, at least, um, from grades four to nine, it's mandatory for us to learn French in school. So studied French for a bit. Um, After high school, I got into learning Korean. And then after Korean, um, I kind of went back and forth with Korean and Japanese. And then I finally landed on Italian uh, just last year, actually. Um, and it's once again through music. So I, I always like to listen to music of different languages. And I just get very interested in the sounds of the language and just honestly, like really wanting to know what they're saying. That's always a huge driving factor for me. So let's talk about driving factors. Aside from learning to like sing along and and better enjoy the music that you're listening to, what sorts of goals are you aiming for with the languages that you're learning? I I used to say 
I wanted to be completely fluent, but I think I'm really trying to redefine what that looks like for me and, and what that even is. I'm leaning more towards wanting to be conversational, just really wanting to be able to be understood and then to understand people um, for each of the languages that I attempt. I think that's always my main goal. And like, obviously, part of this uh, whole challenge experience is learning the language. But uh, you've said that you've learned just as much about yourself as you have uh, learned about the Italian language. What do you mean by that? Simply that I, I am much more resilient than I think I thought I was. And not, and I don't have to be as scared, I think, of, of trying new things and of learning languages as I used to be. I think um, growing up, especially like while I was studying Japanese and then French and Korean, I wouldn't always speak to people. I would always spend a very, very long time just focusing on at the time, like very grammar heavy, trying to understand the songs that I liked, just kind of like a very insular way of learning. And then even with the challenge, one thing that I really kind of came out of it with was that like, it's okay to make mistakes and like try to say something and then say it wrong. Yeah. And just really, I think for myself, realizing that this idea I had of myself as this sort of timid language learner who like, you know, I can get by by not speaking to anyone. And if I just read multiple books or if I do it this way, that's fine. That's good enough. But recognizing that like, no, if I step out of my comfort zone, I can actually become a confident speaker if I try. So with Italian and the challenge, you actually started from scratch, from zero. So what was that experience like starting over with a new language after having already learned languages in the past? It was incredibly stressful. Um, I never, I, I feel like when I was younger, I, I don't know, like you're a kid and you're just like, I just want to try this for fun. With Italian, now learning it as an adult, I feel like I just like, I would start listening to Italian music and I was like, I want to learn this language all within the span of a year. So I really, I think a lot of my fears really came to the forefront around that time. And it was really scary just starting out with a language that I didn't really have a base in, didn't really have any kind of knowledge of, didn't know anyone around me who spoke the language. Um, so it was incredibly nerve wracking just to even get to that point of saying like, okay, I'm going to try this. For me, it was the biggest hurdle. And one of the methods that you had as you were learning was to implement role play where you try to kind of act out the shopkeeper customer situation. And you did that in your day 90 video. What inspired you to do something like that? I think uh, just honestly wanting to be able to use the language in different situations. That was one thing that myself and my tutor at the time um, kind of talked through initially. Uh, and I was obviously incredibly nervous and was just really afraid of saying the wrong thing. But it turned out to be a really cool experience because I was able to visit Italy and a lot of the scenarios that we kind of role played in our tutoring sessions were ones that I was actually able to use when I went there. So it was it was really cool, I think, to just apply that in real time like that. It was it was very useful, I found. Let's talk a little bit more about that, about how it all kind of came together for you in Italy. So what was it like going and getting to use this language that you've worked so hard to learn? It was very, very cool. And I don't think I was prepared. I think going into it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I have like a few stock phrases, like this is going to be fine, whatever. And then I got there and there is something, and I think I really, I really will credit the challenge for this because it really did prepare me specifically for interacting with people. Because in the past, like I said, I would always like watch videos or listen to music and just kind of talk to myself. And it's like, you know what you're going to reply to. 
But speaking to another person and not knowing what they're going to say used to stress me out a lot before. And when I had gotten to Italy, I originally was really like, oh, God, like if if somebody asked me this question, I had role played or I had practiced that, like, this is the response that I should give. But obviously, in a real life scenario, that isn't always going to play out that exact way. Um, So it was like a very quick learning curve, I found, but it was really enjoyable once I allowed myself to just sink into it completely. And how else was it different to what you expected to actually be in the country and be able to use the language with people? And like, what surprised you based on what you had learned thanks to the challenge? It it always, for me, goes back to like a grammar sort of thing. I used to be very big into textbooks. And recently, I've really been moving away from them. Because I find that with me personally, I just kind of get too wrapped up in doing things the quote unquote, like the right way. And so I found when I was there, a lot of these specific, whether it's like grammar rules or certain like word usage, like things that I was taught in books, like you have to say it this way, this is how people respond, all those things. I found that when I was there, that wasn't always the case. And speaking with people casually also really helped me, I guess, loosen up a little bit. Like I felt less like if I don't say the right thing, someone's going to not understand me or they're going to, you know, think bad things about me or whatever the case. I found that when I went there and if I like dropped, like, I don't know, like a word here or whatever kind of reworked the word order, people still understood and it felt almost encouraged. Like it was a much more casual, much more comfortable way of speaking. So that I really appreciated a lot. You had mentioned earlier that when you were studying languages, you weren't necessarily speaking them or using them in practice, I suppose. But now you've changed your learning approach. So what were some of the biggest struggles that you had in making this shift? And what were some of the biggest rewards? So the biggest struggle I think I faced was actually speaking and actually sticking with it, which the challenge really helped me with, honestly. Um, Because initially, it's one of those things I think I would have started and been like, oh, like, I can do this, it's fine. And then immediately sort of dropped off. Um, But allowing myself to stick with it, I found that over time, as with anything, like you do improve. And seeing that improvement within myself was one thing that really helped me like every day, okay, today I'm going to study this, I'm going to practice this, I'm going to work on my pronunciation or things like that. And then just seeing that it was working, for me was the biggest reward, and allowed me to kind of not abandon the process or like abandon myself and and that sort of thing. So leading up to the end of the challenge where you had to have that 15 minute conversation, as well as going to Italy, I'm sure like before these moments, you absolutely felt that you were not ready. So uh, obviously you were ready because you were able to produce that video, you're able to experience Italy. So how do you fight doubts in your mind that you are not ready to speak this language? Lean on the community a whole lot. (laughs) I think during the challenge, I feel like every, especially in the first month, the first 30 days, every single day, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? I don't think I'm getting anywhere. And this was the first time, honestly, that I've ever studied a language with other people. In the past, like maybe I'd have one or two people who knew that I was studying it, but like we weren't actively, actively studying together. So I never really had a sounding board or anyone to voice frustrations with. But with this, I challenged myself in a way to really be like, okay, if I'm feeling a type of way or if I'm feeling like I'm not getting anywhere, like just say something to someone. And so even like posting in the community group was really 
was really, it, it was a bit of a hurdle for me, just like I said, because I never really thought about relying on other people or like leaning on other people for that. And that was kind of the main thing that really helped, um, help keep me consistent, I think. So you had said that when you originally planned your learning schedule, uh, you didn't allow for breaks, but you were learning about how important they were. So can you talk about that a little bit more in detail? In the past, and I think with a lot of stuff in my work as well, I'm very used to just starting something and continuing. Like I'm not used to taking breaks. I don't really know how. It's something I feel like I'm still learning. And so during the challenge, seeing that it was encouraged to have like yay days, of course, but like if you had a nay day or a break that that was fine was very eye opening for me because I was under the impression that if I did not commit and didn't like do something every single day for 90 days, that I would not get anywhere. And I actually think that's one thing that had kept me from really signing up and committing to the challenge in the past and kind of even getting really into the Fluent and Three Months brand because I was afraid to speak, number one, and that also... I was like, well, all these other people seem very serious. They probably like are, um, have a much better like work ethic than me. They can commit to doing 90 days every single day. And I can't do that. So this is obviously not for me. So just really learning that it was possible to learn without killing myself over it, like without really overexerting myself and working past my limits and things like that was, um, I don't know, it was an experience, I will say. And I think that a lot of the lessons that I had kind of learned in that I'm trying to apply to other areas of my life. But for sure, it was it was really refreshing seeing that other people in the community also took the breaks very seriously and still improve. And at some stage in this process, you you called yourself the, the queen of trying out different language learning apps. So uh, what ended up being your favorites in the end? So I what I've learned about myself, or I guess I, I've known for a while, but I was always kind of I felt like it was not valid is that I am really an auditory learner. And so I learn a lot of stuff first and foremost, through music, it's always kind of ha has been that way. Um, and then as a result, like podcasts and audio courses and things like that. And so it, initially, at the beginning of the challenge with Italian, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to get a textbook, I have to like, find a, a book to read, like all of these sorts of things. And I would do them, I would try a bunch of different really popular language apps and found that they just it felt a little bit like I'm, I'm sure they helped. But for me, it felt like busy work because I knew that I was not getting what I wanted to out of it. Like I would read things and I was became very good at reading and very good at this. But in terms of speaking and actual auditory comprehension, I was really, really falling behind. I felt anyway, especially because I knew that is what I wanted to work on. So I really leaned into this app called uh, Language Transfer. They are, they're a nonprofit organization and they have a few full language classes and they are all auditory. So you're meant to kind of listen and then respond when they ask you questions sort of thing. And through that, it imprints it in your brain in a certain way that you don't have to write anything down. You're not really encouraged to write anything down. And I found that through doing that, it really helps me build a kind of comfort with Italian as well as a base knowledge. So I found that that doing that entire course like helped a lot with my listening as well. Um, and it actually even inspired me to search out people on YouTube, like different teachers on YouTube, different podcasts, and really fully lean into an auditory learning method. Yeah. So language transfer, I think is my number one. I want to say my second one is, um, the innovative languages courses. So I tried out the Italian pod 101 class and I really liked that. 
I just love, I think I just personally love like the dialogue, the back and forth, because it really does make you feel like you are in like a classroom setting, but with someone who's listening to you, if that makes sense. Like, um, yeah, it just feels more participatory. Given that you have other things going on in your life and that you're also taking part in this kind of intensive challenge, can you talk a little bit about what your learning routine looked like? And now that you're done with the challenge, what it's evolved into? Uh, during the challenge, I tried to keep a like a strict-ish schedule. So I tried to kind of do every day at six o'clock or like if I had more time during lunch, like every day around noon. And I would really, I would commit to, I believe it was like 30 to 45 minutes a day. Initially, I think there's some days where I did go a bit over because I would just end up putting on a series of podcasts and just kind of listening to them in the background. But I really just wanted to commit to at least 30 minutes just to show myself that I did not need to commit a whole lot of time and I could still make progress. And um, that's something I think as well on in the community group that I had heard a few people were doing as well. And I know when I first came into the challenge, I was a bit apprehensive about that because I was still operating off the idea that if I didn't like commit an hour or two hours a day, that I was not going to make any progress. So seeing that there were some people in my dream team, but then also in the larger challenge who were like, all I could do today is 15 minutes made me feel a little bit more just human, like a bit more like, okay, it's fine that I'm that I can't commit to two hours every single day with my job and this and that. And you mentioned a few times that you are an auditory learner. And I think that um, accepting that would have been a big part of your journey. Because like you said, initially, you were thinking everyone else in the challenge must be a machine that they're just like smooth sailing through everything. But maybe discovering exactly what your learning approach that is most ideal for you is what sparks that interest in you that you're able to get that momentum. So what kind of advice would you have for somebody who feels like how you felt at the start, that everyone else is better than me and I've tried in the past and it didn't work out and that maybe it's just about that they haven't found the right learning approach for them. So like, can you share a little bit about that journey for you and uh, in a way that could help other people who are struggling in the same way? I would say first and foremost, do not discount the things that you're interested in because your interest is there for a reason. So if you find, for example, that you're like me and you just like really like music or you love having something auditory on in the background while you're doing things, then you can really harness that and figure out ways to turn or to incorporate that in your language learning. Um, if you're someone who like loves to watch different movies or like you just love shows or you feel like you're just always on YouTube, like you just love videos. then I think really leaning into that and recognizing that you do not have to follow a formal language learning method, you can kind of make it your own and you can try things that make you excited to learn. And through that, you can sustain not only your motivation, but you can like improve that way as well. And I think that that at the end of the day is everyone's goal, like just wanting to get a little bit better than you were the day before. And recognizing that the things that you already have an interest in can lead you there. So I would say if you don't know how you want to learn a language or you're like a little bit intimidated as I was by textbooks and, and all of this and like so many different methods, just simply trying out where your interests are, I think is probably like a really good first step. You had also mentioned during the challenge that sometimes your brain goes into what you call spiraling mode, um, where you essentially spiral into moments of self-doubt. How did you get through those moments? So I, what I had started to do is I kept 
uh, like an online journal on Notion. It's like this uh, organizational website sort of thing. Uh, and I kept a journal all through the challenge. So anytime I was feeling very good about something, very bad about something, I would always just journal through it. And I found that in those times where I was like, I don't like, I'm not getting better. What am I going to do? 90 days is coming up, like all of those sorts of things. I would really, well, first of all, write through it, but also recognize that in my older journal entries, that there were days where I was like, oh, I'm improving. And so just really leaning on that first. And then second of all, making some sort of a plan going forward. So there were some days where I was like, oh God, like I can't understand anything anyone is saying to me. So I would really sit down and make a note and say, okay, if I want to get better in listening, what could I do one thing this week that would help me with my listening skills? And then just kind of go through that in a non-judgmental way. So like whether it's just putting on videos and just listening to them without taking any notes or just kind of listening to music and trying to pick out more words than I did before. And I found that that really helped ease me um, back into a plan, but also really calm me down as well. Because I realized a lot of those times where I was spiraling or just feeling like I'm not making any progress was because I sort of lost sight of sort of like the day-to-day steps. So really just re-engaging with that was really helpful for me. And like we said, initially, you had that role play of shopkeeper customer uh, when you were doing your uh, day 90 video. And that's, of course, based on the concept of a language island that you can expect a certain amount of vocabulary to come up in this kind of conversation. And language islands ended up being an important part of your language learning journey. So could you talk about the kinds of islands you built and how that was useful for you? Yeah. And this was actually the first time I learned about language islands. Um, so it, I, I was like, what a cool concept. And it, it made a lot of sense because I think Benny was probably, it was either a video or something that you had had where you'd said initially when you're learning a language, like people will ask you questions about yourself. So you should learn how to respond to questions about yourself. And I was like, wow, I didn't honestly had not considered that. Um, so I had a lot of language islands around myself, um, my job, my favorite, like my hobbies, music that I like, because I really like music. Um, I'm a writer. So just about things that I like to read, like to write all of those sorts of stuff. Um, just like really basic things. And I found that through that, I was really able to pick up way more vocabulary than I thought I could, because I would learn to say the same thing slightly differently each time. And then that really honestly boosted my confidence a lot with speaking, especially with those role play videos. So one of the questions that we always like to ask the guests that we have come on the podcast is, what is your definition of language hacking? Language hacking to me is really playing to your strengths and figuring out how they can propel you forward rather than how they're holding you back. So just, for example, how I really leaned into being an auditory learner, something as small as that, or I guess as large as that, um, can really help shape how you specifically learn languages. And I think once you're able to sort of crack how you learn, it makes things much, much easier. And in terms of where you're going to go from here, like where do you see your your future of uh, both with Italian and any other languages you may take on? Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to doing another challenge this year. Um, but I also, I, I feel like I'm the type of person who every few days I'm like, oh, I want to try this language and I want to try that language. So I, I, I'm continuing to dabble in a lot of stuff. I'm still continuing with Italian, just not as intensively, kind of looping back in with Japanese as well, picking up a few other languages and just kind of having fun with it, I think. 
That's amazing. Yeah, so it's fantastic that you're able to make such a big difference uh, through the challenge. You mentioned a bunch of resources like uh, the Innovative Language Podcast and uh, Language Transfer. We'll make sure the links to all of those are in the show notes so people can check them out for themselves. Uh, But thank you very much for joining us in today's chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And until the next time, we wish everybody a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share a takeaway, something that we learned in our conversation with our guest or something that we'd like to try out in our own learning or that we think would be helpful for you to try out over this next week. So Benny, let's start with you. What was your takeaway from our conversation with Louisa? I really liked what she said about how she learned about herself through this challenge and that you have to challenge the idea of, of how you see yourself and especially how you see yourself in comparison to others. Because initially she thought when she was joining this challenge that everyone else except her would easily do one or two hours a day. And at the end of the day, we're all human. And like seeing that and losing that comparison is one thing, but also realizing the potential that you personally have. Because for a long time, I just understood that the definition of Benny was a guy who didn't learn languages. And as long as I clung on to that uh, definition, then I was making that my reality. So this whole process gets us to challenge this idea about ourselves and that maybe rather than saying I'm a bad language learner, uh, we say I am an auditory language learner and that's my strength and that's what I have to uh, go ahead with. So I really like that she learned about herself in this process and that that's going to help her moving forward. What was your takeaway? I'd have to say mine was uh, what she said about taking breaks. Uh, I am a lot like her where I just power through things and I don't take a whole lot of breaks, but there really is power in taking breaks because it kind of gives your brain the opportunity to actually process everything you've been shoveling into it um, and make it your own. So I would definitely say my takeaway is that it's okay to take breaks sometimes and it can actually be quite good for you. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, you can leave us a review over at languagehacking.com slash review. All of the links and everything else mentioned in this episode are available to you as a part of the show notes. And until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Katie Pasco. with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. Theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and happy language learning.